Learning English. Lesson one. A quick beginner's course for holidaymakers and business people, rock and roll fans and perverts. Step one. Relax. You should always have a pencil and paper ready to take notes. And, uh, he's just got his finger on the pulse of the whole Columbus music scene. From our studio located somewhere in the depths of the 614, here's your host, Rick Gethin. We're back, we're back, we're Nationwide, the Cat Club Podcast on the air for another exciting episode. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bossy Girls Pinup Joint, located at 2598 North High Street, right here in beautiful downtown Columbus, Ohio. They're a trashy yet classy hangout for local musicians, burlesque dancers, comedians, and entertainers from all walks of life. They have a great beer selection, whiskey, tasty sandwiches, locally roasted coffee, and of course, Free Wi-Fi. They're open seven days a week. Give them a call. 614-725-5402. And if you go in there and see a little guy with a fedora and glasses, that's Mike Folker. He's the owner. Run right up. Give him a sloppy wet kiss on the forehead. And tell him Rick sent you. That's Bossy Girls Pinup Joint, 2598 North High Street. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Tasty waves and a cool buzz always make us fine. Here on the Cat Club Podcast, I'm your host, Rick Gethin. With us today, we uh, have a couple of guys that traveled all the way from Dayton, Ohio. The band released their first full-length album this summer, back in August. Two EPs before that. Of course, I am talking about the 1984 draft. Please welcome to the show, Joe Andurl and Justin Santono. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Joe, did I say your last name? Or, uh, Justin, did I say your last name right? It's satin over, but that's satin over. Yeah, it's you right. know, I I mess everything up. I, it's okay. I, I mess up my own birthday <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, Joe, you got a hold of me with this album, and you piqued my interest. We were talking about this before the show. Uh, a little sly way to get me to open up the email. Having uh, what was it, uh, Ryan Adams? Yeah, forthcoming album. <laughs> Produced by Ryan Adams. <laughs> a fourth, yeah, forthcoming uh, 1984 draft LP engineered by Ryan Adams. Then open up the email, of course, it says Heartbreaker Engineer Patrick Himes. Yes. But Patrick Himes <laughs> did engineer the album, correct? Yeah, he did. He engineered and mixed the record. And Pat did work on Ryan Adams' Heartbreaker. He was the assistant engineer on it. But, uh, you know, as a mid level indie band, sometimes you got to get a little creative in your PR work um, in order to get people to, you know, open an email or pay attention. So. That was one of the ways that we attempted to with this record. Um, you know, I'm glad it worked, and I'm glad we're here today. So, And it was recorded at Real Love Studio right in Dayton? Yep, um, just right in the heart of Dayton, Ohio. The, the studio is actually located, um, it was really close to where our guitar player and bass player were living at the time. Okay. They, they could literally walk to the studio, so it was actually a good central location for all of us. Um, to be able to get in there and, and spend a few days to, to bust out the record. Now, did you have most of these songs at least somewhat finished before you went into the studio, or did, were, were a couple of them kind of spur-of-the-moment things put together in the in the studio? We actually ran the gamut on that. So a track like Miss Ohio I've had you know for over 10 years, and it 
it actually was on an earlier solo record and the band did such a different version of it mm -hmm. that we we thought it fit really well with the theme of this record um but then a song like lutheran heat we were literally practicing it in the studio before he rolled to record it so it's like we ran it three times and we're like all right hit record and and do it so that song was written two weeks before it was recorded um so really you know we had a general idea of the nine songs we wanted on the record. Right. It was missing one. You know, we wrote Heat, kind of bashed it out of practice, and then and then went in and did that. Well, the thing is, it, it to me, it's it's an excellent, very excellent album in that it showcases the myriad facets that the band has. As far as, I mean, like you said, that, that almost Husker Du vibe, frenetic vibe of Lutheran Heat. Uh, into you know the lyrical melancholy stylings of Miss Ohio, and then there's some slower ones and some faster ones and some uptempo. It has that good punk indie feel of the '90s without sounding dated. Yeah, well, and it really really showcases what the band can do. And that's exactly you know you kind of nailed what we're going for. We're not a nostalgia act in that you know we're not trying to be you know super chunk in the 90s we're we're trying to be the 84 draft right um but you know that being said your influences you can't deny them you can't deny it and i listen to an unhealthy amount of bob mold and the replacements uh, well it comes through yeah <laughs> but but the thing is it like i said it doesn't sound dated it doesn't sound like those bands those iconic bands back then you do have your own sound but that's what it reminds me of yeah Good homage yeah. to everybody that influenced us so heavily. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, Eli Alvin and Chip Heck, yep. Yep. Uh, guitar and bass player, aren't able, uh, weren't able to be here with us today, so we just have Joe and Justin. Although we are honored. Well, thanks for that. You guys would make the good. trek from all the way from, uh, from Dayton Absolutely. to be on the show. Oh, now, Joe, you've been playing music for a long time, playing in bands for a long, long time, you know, multiple decades, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I my first show was Canal Street Tavern in 1994. Um, I had a band in high school. I was friends with all the band geeks. Um, so we, of course, started a ska band because, you know, half my friends were in the marching band and mm -hmm. whatnot. And, and Mick at Canal Street had a really, you know, good thing going with the, the Dayton band playoffs. Um, at that time, where you know you you put into to play, and if he liked you, then he would start having you back. Sure. Um, and he liked us, and so he continued to have us back. So in '94, we did our first show. In '95, we actually made it to the finals and played Phrase Pavilion. Um, Very nice. So you know you got your taste of, you know what rock and roll was like. My dad had to come to every show until I was 18 and <laughs> sit there all night, you know, to make sure I wasn't causing any trouble because I was 15 years old. Get you in the door and keep that X on the top of your hand. Yep. Um, 15, you're in a bar, you're playing music. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll, man. I mean, could How it, much better can you get, right? Well, we won't go down that road. Other, other, other than being legal. <laughs> yeah. I had a kid last year. That's better. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's. I got bit early on, and um, I don't know if I'm just crazy or stupid, Um to not stop, um, you know, and at this point, I, I don't really foresee that in my future in any way. So, um, you know, we'll just keep bashing out records and and uh, you know, chasing the uh, the elusive rock. The elusive. I don't even know what we're chasing anymore. 
you know, it, it does, it, I feel, you know, Justin and I actually have this conversation pretty regularly in how fortunate and lucky we are to do what we do. I mean, we played last night at a barn in the middle of between Yellow Springs and Xenia to 150 people, and it was incredible. And to have those types of moments, like, it's just something that you can't really explain. And, you know, it, it doesn't get lost on us that we're lucky right. to be able to play music. Oh, and the thing is, counting your blessings every day. Absolutely. Um, when you're able to play music and, and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fantastic. You know, those of us that can't play music write about it, like me, <laughs> um, as the saying goes. Uh, but for for people that don't know the 1984 draft and your sound, uh, I would recommend they listen to the replacements, uh, maybe a little bit of sugar, yep, um, smoking pubs. Uh not all of Husker Du, but. Later era, later era. Who's like that the makes no sense at all, and, right? And kind of that that transition, more the Bob Mold heavy stuff, right? Um, I mean, you it's, know, transition where he was transitioning out of Husker Du and basically leading into Sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like bridging bridging that gap. So th- those are the bands to check out if you haven't heard the 1984 draft. But we're going to play five tracks today from. <laughs> Makes Good Choices, released in August of this year, an album that got 8 out of 10 stars on MusicEmotionColumbus.com. So let's kick it all off with my personal favorite from the album. The song is Miss Ohio, the band is the 1984 draft, and this is the Cat Club Podcast. Ashes and ashes and dust 
Miss Ohio by the 1984 draft. Uh, Joe, I have to ask you. I mean, like I said, it's the tempo's upbeat, the the, the melodies are upbeat, <laughs> but lyrically, it's it's like an unapologetic goodbye. It's brutal. Uh-huh. Um, the, a lot of this record was about redemption and about um, good things in life. But I feel to truly tell that story, you got to show the low side of it. Right. And there was a low side in my late 20s when I wrote that song. Um, you know where I was struggling. Sure. And Well, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. No, it's not. I wish it was, um, but it's not. And so I thought... In the course of the record, it was actually important to show that you can go from that extremely low point to a to you know real beautiful things in life like your kids and your wife and your friends and um, but you had to you have to show the good with the bad. So, well, it's the yin and the yang of life. Yep. You know, if it was all good, you know, every recording artist would have a recording contract. <laughs> they wouldn't have to worry. <laughs> You know, those kind of things. But, uh, no, it's life is full of hardships, and it's what we make of them. Yep. And, honestly, you make great music with that. Like I said, it's, it's first listen, first pass through that song, and it doesn't it doesn't hit you as, as that melancholy. But then you listen a little bit deeper, and a little bit, <laughs> it's a little cerebral, and, okay, I get what he's talking about now. Yeah, it's... It, you know, it's a rough one. You almost have to kind of distance yourself a little bit from it when you play it over and over again. Is it is it um, hard to play now? Or has it gotten no, easier with age? You become desensitized to it. Ah. You know, the, the 87th time you play it, um, you know, it doesn't always have to hurt so hard. And you know you came out of it, so. There you go. Coming out the other side in one piece. That's always a good thing. We have to take our first break. That's Joe and Justin, better known as the 1984 Draft. I am Rick Gethin. This is the Cat Club Podcast. Hi, Tom Bodette using this streaming music format to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a 50s radio DJ. Here goes. Hey, guys and gals, this is Tombo spinning the platters that matter at number six on your motel dial. Get a clean, comfy pad for the best deal you ever had. Just say, we'll leave the light on for you. The phrase that pays less. Man, that was fun. Book now at motel6.com or on your smartphone. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Man, I might just chill tonight. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey 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 baby. Mountain Dew Kickstart. Dew juice. Caffeine. Puppy monkey baby. If it rocks. It rocks. And we're back, rocking real hard with members of the 1984 draft of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, one of my personal favorites uh, here in, in Central Ohio, um, especially as I discover more bands coming out of the Dayton scene. Um, Joe Andro, Justin Satinover. Yep. 
I said it right this time? You got it. Okay, I'll still fuck it up before the end of the show. Um, Joe plays uh, guitar and sings. Justin, you are the drummer. That's me. The drum machine. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure you can the, call him the drummer because, like, I mean, he is the drummer, but, um, you know, it's very rare that you meet a musical talent such like Justin who does actually a lot of the arranging. Oh, so okay. he's my oh, he's my sounding board as to... Got this new song. What are we doing? Ah, uh, gotcha. And and so Justin actually does a lot more musical direction from behind the kit than probably most drummers do. He has a huge influence over where the song's going to go and and how the song delivers. So, I yeah. see. That's flattering. Well, there you go. Tries to humor me with. Tries to humor you, but it, it, you know it works though. <clears throat> You know, it, it really, it, it comes across, the, the songs are fantastic. Oh, we do have a good working relationship, though, in that regard, though, because yeah. Joe can send me a little recorded version or something on his cell phone and say, hey, take a listen to this. Thinking of doing this, that, or the other. What would you do? Let right. me see if we can't work it out some way, and then we'll present it to the rest of the guys and go from there. I asked for a dance beat in every song. <laughs> and we were never able to get it into any songs. Just, just well, no, exactly, until exactly. Lisbon Falls. It's like when that song kicks in, Justin does this weird little dance beat. And the moment he did it at practice, my face just lit up. Like, finally, three years of asking for a dance beat, and you gave me one. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, Joe, you started the band, or the band, I guess... It's it's open to debate when it actually started. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we're gonna place it at around two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yep. Uh, first EP was Bo Jackson up the middle in two thousand fourteen. Yep. And then that was followed up a year later by Heisman Tro- Trophy winner. Yep. And tell us a little bit about Heisman Trophy winner and how that came to be featured in uh, the NFL Network documentary on the 1984 NFL Draft. <laughs> so it was actually Bo Jackson, Up the Middle, that was featured in the documentary. The song itself? No, the, the, EP, the, no, the EP was okay. the music that they actually used in the show. Okay. Um, but then we kept with that kind of football theme Right. after that. Um, so a couple of years back, um, a guy for Sports Illustrated is writing an article on every NFL draft mm-hmm. and he's been tasked to go find YouTube videos from each draft 84 happens to be the year Mel Kuyper's first year doing the draft um, on ESPN so he thought he would find that mm-hmm. well he goes to YouTube search it and we're the only thing that comes up <laughs> so immediately the guy reaches out to me sends me some questions we do an interview what an hour later it's up on sportsillustrated.com jeez so like we're like okay you know the band got us some sort of recognition like because of the name like okay that's cool you know we're on sports illustrated right on um nothing else will ever come of this fast forward two years and all of a sudden i get um an email from a guy who says he's a senior producer at nfl films right and i'm like no way so, Google search, look up the dude's name. Yep, he's a senior producer at NFL Films. His email says at NFL.com. I'm like, all right, there's a phone number on here. I'm going to call this thing. So, I call Guy Answers, and sure enough, he's a senior producer at NFL Films. He's like, I saw your thing on Sports <laughs> Illustrated. We're doing a documentary called Caught in the Draft 1984. We want to come to Dayton and film you. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay. So... 
we work out some details. Sure enough, we go over, we schedule a show so they can get some live footage. Um, we practiced in in the uh, east side of Dayton um, at Justin's house. You know, weird little residential neighborhood. I pull up the night that they're supposed to come interview us. Sure enough, two giant white vans pull up and they start unloading lights and cameras and come down into our little basement yeah. with our dog <laughs> hiding in the corner and uh, do an interview and then film the live show. And then when the documentary aired, it actually opens with us playing at Blind Bob's in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, and, nice. Um, they introduced each segment with the band and then used some of the music in it. So it was a really cool experience. You know, I still have times where, um, just a couple months ago, I had my my favorite grocery store clerk at the local Kroger go, Joe, are you in a band? And I was like, yeah, why do you ask? He's like, well, I was watching NFL Network the other day, and I swear I saw you. I was like, well, actually, you did. Um, So so here's here's the thing, do you get any residuals for that? Um, No, we don't. But we retain (laughs) rights to the songs used. And, you know, there was a slight... slight, peak in because uh, we released that EP online through We Want Action Records which sure. is actually out of Columbus right um, you know we did sell some stuff online and then you see your, your fans go up um, on Facebook and you'll occasionally see a few extra orders every time it airs each year yeah, like right. you'll get one or two so you know we didn't make a million bucks we didn't get paid but it was a really good opportunity for us and it was fun know, it was one of those experiences that you oh, it's a once in a lifetime thing you can't yeah. get back you can't ever predict it just happens it's serendipitous in that way That. and how many bands can say that exactly been on, you know, not very many. NFL films documentary on the draft absolutely. for that year absolutely you know just literally just a handful over the last 20, yeah. 30 years or whatever. I don't know yeah. any other bands named like, you know, the 1983 draft. That was the quarterback draft. <laughs> if they if someone starts one, though, we'll play with you. Well, there you go. Well, we need to play some more music because, uh, like I said, I really dig the new album. Makes good choices. Uh, this next one I chose to play um, reminds me of a wild child-filled youth. <laughs> It's totally you, 100% what it is. And, and you know, you're, you're screaming through the megaphone. So the song is Megaphone. The band is the 1984 Draft. And this is the Cat Club Podcast.
Megaphone by the 1984 draft right here on the Cat Club podcast. Uh, like I said, going into the song, uh, remind me of a wild child filled youth. Joe, give us the background on uh, on this story, on this song. So first, before I do, I want to let the listeners know that there is an actual cat in the room. On there's the two. cat, on the cat. Oh, there's two there's on the two. cat club podcast. Because I was talking with Justin on the way up here about that. I was like, I wonder if there'll be actual cats, and there are. <laughs> um, but so, anyways, megaphone. Um, so I worked at a movie theater in in high school in in college, and we found in the stock room this megaphone. And I went to school in Athens, Ohio. And the way that our house sat, we were sitting behind another house, but mm-hmm. you could see the front door of the beer store across State Street. So we'd sit in the kitchen window with that megaphone and yell at people as they were coming in and out of the beer store, like, um, you know, please put down the beer. And, like, people would freak out because it sounded like a, a cop. Um, and we would literally do that for hours. Um, and then our friend Drew, he was straight edge, so he used to drive us around downtown Athens. Um, and we would yell stuff out the window with our megaphone. So, um, you know, is what it is. I did it. Um not really proud of it now in life, but you know, got a good song out of it. Something so, to look back on fondly. Yeah, and we actually left the megaphone with the owners of the house who moved in then the next year and explained to them how to use it. Um, so I don't know they, if they ever they, did. Did they carry the torch? Oh, we don't know. You don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, I, I did want to say this about the song. Um, your drum beat, Justin. Yes. Especially opening that song, that mm-hmm. and, and uh, Chip's bass. Yes. Bass line. It's not a tribal drum beat, but it's almost like a heartbeat. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. I mean, actually, that song in particular <laughs> wasn't one of my favorites to play for a long time. Because um, it, it just kind of felt uh, lethargic mm-hmm. and kind of forced just to be that repetitive in, in motion. And I, I like to mix things up a little bit. Um, but it was actually Eli that said, no, we just need to be more steady with it. We right. have a lot more room. Let Joe kind of carry that and be a little bit more expressive. But I can imagine o- in a live setting that it comes across, I don't want to say harder or heavier, maybe maybe even almost heavier. Like thicker, yeah, yeah. thicker type sound yeah, bigger, coming at you. Denser. I, I don't yeah. know. You kind of feel it more. The, the thud from the bass drum and the actual chip's bass, yeah. just all of that. You can definitely feel it a lot more. When in a live setting, and that's that's the thing. We need to see you guys live here in Columbus, and that's coming. Yep, we'll coming. get to that. Working on it. On the other side of this break, they are Joe and Justin, better known as the 1984 Draft. I am Rick Gethin. This is the Cat Club Podcast. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius, Hawaiian style. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. King of the Karaoke Mic. Mr. King of the Karaoke Mic. Armed with your mic, you brazenly take to the stage, refusing to leave until every last person has been lulled into a peaceful slumber. Wake me when it's over. Country, rock, R&B. From your lips, it all sounds the same. Like a sick cat trapped under a parked car. That's a flat kitty. Sure, nobody's clapping, but that doesn't mean you can't give them six more encores. They're clapping on the inside. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh hero of the high note. You sing to the beat of a different drum, because the one in your ear is clearly broken. Mr. Karaoke King of the Mountain. 
Bud Light Beer, Anheuser Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. If all radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. And we're back. Joanne Durrell, Justin Satinover, and myself, Rick Gethin. They are the 1984 Draft, a fantastic rock band out of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, is that how you describe yourself, just as a rock band? I hate putting labels on. Oh, I was on happy bands. with the word fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you know, some people want to get into the, that subgenre, this, that, and the other thing, and I mean, there's, there's pieces and parts that remind me of, of 80s and 90s punk and, and to, you know, use the air quotes, indie rock yeah, type think, thing. Yeah. I mean, you're a rock band. Yeah, that, that, that's what I say whenever yeah. anybody asks what type it is. And, you know, for those that have never seen us, but say, oh, you're a musician. What is that like sort of thing? It's like, I, I just play music. Low pay, take, long hours. <laughs> take influence from everything. And hopefully that some of that comes across. And we just play rock and roll. We play at rock and roll clubs. Yeah, we drink beer. We have fun. Hopefully you're having fun. Ho- that you're, you ho- know, hopefully in, you in have fun this. when uh, you're listening to it. I mean, there's something for everybody, you know, and every show is different. So really, to say that we are punk, okay. Sometimes we are, but well, sometimes there's acoustic. Right. Know, I wouldn't say that you're punk, thing. but there's there's bands that they weren't full on punk, mm-hmm. but they had. What I would call punk sensibilities had exactly some of the 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 harder edge or the or the faster tempo, mm-hmm. um, shorter lyrical right. stanzas type things. Some of that bleeds through, yeah. but then there's there's other parts of your music that I mean you're kind of touching on a lot numerous oh, decades yeah. of music and just oh, kind of yeah. pulling from everything. Well, the four of us collectively together. I mean, I'd hate to see the music library that we would formulate. Because each one of our collections is so different from the next, but we all have similar interests, too. So we really pull across that larger spectrum. Sure. And collectively, it just comes out the way it comes out. So we do have, at any given show, the possibility to play a quiet, subdued solo act if Joe wanted to go that way with an acoustic guitar and just get audience participation. Or we can blow the roof off of the house and go full drop set or drop tune set for those that don't know tunings but uh you know we can get live with it or not just run the gamut i think at the end of the day though you know we do operate to a punk aesthetic you know i grew up in that scene so it's what i know right um we are very much a diy band um so in that you know we definitely pay pay homage to the the bands that have kind of treaded um the path before us. Well, I mean, um, there's there's been people in my life, going back to the '80s, that basically called me crazy for calling the replacements in Hooster Do punk bands. Yeah, they really were. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. One, it was the DIY ethos, but two, especially the early stuff. Yeah, very I mean, much it was, so. It was what, looking back on it, especially now, it was what the '70s punk rock was all built on. That fast, mm-hmm. hard, hitch in the face, and you know, boom. We're done in a minute and a half type of thing. Right? Well, and that's our live show. Like, I love to approach <laughs> it from a from a very Husker Du-esque perspective in that we don't stop. Like, we try to plan back to back to back to back to back. 
Bravo. We, we don't want you to we don't want you to breathe. So eleven songs in twenty eight minutes. You know that's pretty much what you're going to get at, at most draft shows. We also that's don't want to. We also don't want to hear you talking between our songs. Yeah, I'm mean, an idiot when I talk <laughs> on stage. So. Freebird. Exactly. So we'll just play, play Freebird. We'll just play him nonstop to the best of our. Ability. My wife had to talk me out of talking about a raccoon's pee hole um, <laughs> at the show last night. Because we saw a dead raccoon on the way to the show, I said, "Is that so, something I could bring up on stage tonight?" So, and she so was like, "There are children here. So don't do it." Instead of making that momentary judgment call, you decided to save it for when we were on the radio, and it could be downloaded and listened back to for years to come. Yeah, I hope my mom's listening to this as I talk about a raccoon's pee hole. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Mom's mom's going to be really, really. Uh, She's heard worse. She'd be like, Joe? <laughs> yeah. What was this raccoon's pee hole you're talking about on this Cat Club podcast? Well, and you know my mom's on the cover. Is that mom? That's mom. Is that mom? Well, hi, mom. Yeah. So mom I was is, wondering who the album cover model was. It's actually my mom, and makes good choices is something that she always said to me as a kid. Um, so much so, because I needed to hear it a lot. That my wife had it cross stitched for me, and I have it displaying in my kitchen. My mom cross stitched a sign that says "makes good choices" that hangs in our kitchen that my wife had her do for me. I think they both just want me to make better choices. It's a constant <laughs> reminder to live the, better. The, the first track was was Jan Kowalski on the album. Who's the kid at the beginning of it? That's my middle child, Leaf. Is that that Leaf? Okay, so kids, you have to go out and and get the album, give it a listen. You'll you'll hear you'll hear the kid just. Wail. Wailing on it. But we have to play some more music, and we're going to go back-to-back on this this segment. Two tracks of yours, both from the Makes Good Sense album. Choices. Makes Good Choices, thank you for correcting me, because I am blonde and have those type of moments. <laughs> this is Lutheran Heat by the 1984 Draft, and you're hearing it on the Cat Club Podcast. Wild. If it's too loud, you're too old and probably need to be wearing adult diapers.
see and Andy's the number one Some girls are bigger than others, she's not the one You know you can't stop, won't stop, can't stop holding it down You know you can't stop, won't stop, can't stop holding it down of Mandy's. Before that, we heard Lutheran Heat, the band, the 1984 draft. Two tracks I really wanted to play back-to-back to, because it, it the tempo's somewhat similar. They're both fast-paced, but they still kind of showcase two different facets of the band, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Lutheran Heat, that's that really is a... Is that like a set opener for you live? No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Amazingly enough. It's, maybe we should. <laughs> Um, no, normally it goes back to back with lately because they're both in the key of E, um, so we can bash them quickly okay. against each other. Um, but it was the last song written for the record. It was the one that like we needed one more kind of banger, um, and so that's what kind of came out there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should open with it though. That's an idea. Just depends on the show setting, I think, because. Yeah. Every show is a little bit different for us. Oh, sure. Every every so, venue has its own little vibe, especially <coughs> if it's a place you've played before. You kind of have a feel for, for yeah. what it's like. So, you know, maybe an hour before the show or whatever, we'll kind of group think it and uh, come up with a way the set should flow for that evening, depending on bands we're playing with and where we're really wanting that journey to go for the half hour or 45 minutes we're on stage. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, that Lutheran Heat we were just talking about, that was the first of those two songs we just heard back-to-back. Uh, 
Morrissey of Mandy's, which uh, we were talking during the song, really kind of caught my eye because I was into the Smiths pretty heavy back in the 80s. Um, you know, the the whole nine. I just loved their music. I wasn't necessarily the political aspect or the the weirdness that, that Morrissey is. <laughs> right. Um, but th- that song title really kind of piqued my interest, and I really dug the song. Um, I'm going to read it from uh, from a review of your of your uh, album. Um, Bubbling just below the surface of their rock sound, the band has a cerebral quality that cannot be ignored. That sentiment is on full display with Morrissey of Mandy's, with its driving bass groove complemented by Justin's solid backbeat. There's a melancholy vibe running through the tune that manages to not come across as sappy. It leaves the listener wondering, what if? <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that, Joe. You know, it, it's a joy to get people's thoughts on your records. Um, you know, I, I do like to leave it to the listener to have their own interpretation of things. And, you know, I think you nailed it on the head. You know, even from the approach to writing that song, it was probably the first song we ever wrote as a band all together. Mm-hmm. I didn't just come in with it. With this line, yeah. Uh, and it was Chip just riffing on that bass riff. Um, you know, in between songs of practice, I was like, keep going with it. Justin actually wrote the bridge um, while I was outside writing the lyrics to the song. Um, you know, Chip and Justin really drove that one. Um, and so, you, I mean, you catch on to it because because of how you viewed, you know, how the bass intertwines with the drums on that. Um, and so it's neat to see that people actually can get, like, without ever meeting... Um, without ever seeing us, like they can get, you know, really what we're about and, and be able to sum it up. So it was really kind of touching when I read that. The, um, the great review. thing that I that I enjoy about the 1984 draft, the band and their sound, your sound, is that you're a rock band, and not a lot of bands can do this, but you're a rock band to this cerebral at the same time. You make us think as listeners, and that, I mean. Very few bands can do that, so my hat's off to you guys. But we have to take another break. Yeah, huge compliment. We're going to come back on the other side with one final track. They're Joe and Justin. I'm Rick. This is the Cat Club Podcast. This is the music show your mother warned you about. When you work late nights in dark, repulsive conditions, you probably expect to get paid. They don't. There are thousands of hardworking, underpaid men and women in your city right now. They're called musicians. Any given night of the week, they put themselves on the line for you and your drunk friends. The problem? You're not even there. The beer he got paid with tonight will never keep him warm. That guitar she still owes 12 payments on will never love her back. You can help. Go to your local dive bar right now. Pay the cover charge. Sit down with one of these outcasts and put yourself in their shoes. Take one home. Hell, take two if you want. Support local music. Sleep with a musician tonight. Without you, all we have left are ballads. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out? And we're back for our final segment, the Cat Club Podcast. We're honored to have in the studio with us Joanne Durrell, 
Justin Satinover of the 1984 draft. Unfortunately, Eli and Chip could not make the trip from Dayton, but we totally are honored that you two were able to join us in the studio today. Thanks for having us. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm, I sound like I'm gushing like I'm a little fanboy, but I love your music. I mean, it really, it makes me think. Then again, maybe I overthink things too much. <laughs> I can too. I can go in and listen to music and just enjoy it. Trust me, I can do that. Um, but what I do like it is it, it does make me think. And it's something I really do want to see live. So to that end, I still have to wait to see you guys in Columbus. But your next show is... Unless I'm mistaken, October twentieth. Yep. At yes. Blind Bob's in Dayton. Correct. Yep. The uh, is that the place to play and see and be seen in, in it, Dayton? It's one of a, a few. I think it it definitely houses a lot of the louder acts in and around the area. It definitely welcomes more of the heavier acts that come through the area because okay. they can accommodate bigger volume, sure. stage presences, and. To that end, but uh, there are a few others. Um, Bob one, and Lisa have been great to us, though. Ever since they opened the bar, they they've been really big supporters of local music, and, and you know, and you we, really need that though from from local venues. Absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. and so you know, if you're a rock musician in Dayton, Ohio, like Bob's is you know one of your homes, um, you know. But we got a place called Yellow Cab, which is a little bit bigger of a room that was. You know, started as more kind of a collective thing, and they've really expanded there and are doing some great stuff there. We got the South Park Tavern, which is a smaller venue, but they're just wonderful to us. Jimmy's Ladder Eleven is great for for some shows. Um, you know, we're lucky in Dayton that we have so many options to to get to play, and you know, everyone is great to work with, um, which you can't always say about most towns. You know, we we're lucky and we're proud to be from Dayton. Good, that's good to hear. You know, you're proud, not only proud of your hometown, but proud of the venues that you're you're playing at there. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you before we before we get into uh, playing the last song that we're going to play from you guys today on the show, what bands, whether it be local Dayton or regional Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, what local type bands are you guys into? Well, are there any that not necessarily that influence you, but that you enjoy? Oh yeah, absolutely. So from a, a Columbus perspective. Um, I know we talked about this earlier. Smug Brothers is kind of a, a Dayton slash Columbus band we like yep. a lot. Um, in Columbus, I love Cliffs. Um, I think they're just a fantastic band. I love the Kyle Sowashes. I love anything that Sean Gardner does. He's um, Winter Make Sailors. Um, they're great. Um, Yellow Paper Planes is a Columbus band that we've yep. um, become friends with and um, are just awesome. From a Dayton perspective, it's like if I started going down a list, I would get in trouble because I would forget someone. Yeah, you can never um, you can never start a list like that because you always do get in trouble for forgetting somebody and leaving somebody off the list. Yeah, yeah I mean we, we don't want to do that now. And <laughs> I mean Dayton <laughs> is just a really special place when it comes to music, and has been since I was a teen. And there's some people that champion local music coming out of Dayton. I mean, Art Jepson, yes, at, uh, University of Dayton. He has that radio show on uh, Tuesday afternoons from three to yep. six. Yep, correct. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna totally bust my chops for forgetting the name of it. But your Tuesday afternoon alternative on Thank WUDR. You. <laughs> Thank you. you. I listen every Tuesday because Art can, plays so much of our music, and, and you can we, listen to it online. It's yeah, it's online. online. We are so thankful for his support. Um, and, and, and honestly, you can look at those playlists or anything off of Why So because yep. we've got friends that 
do shows on YSO as well. Kaleidoscope on Wednesday nights. Um, okay. The Jewel Case, hosted by Todd Widener. Yep. Um, but you can run through those lists, those playlists, and pretty much choose anybody from Dayton. They're they're awesome. And yeah. Libby Valentine, she's another one. That, yeah, she uh, writes for Dayton <coughs> Daily and does a weekly uh, write-up on... She promotes on a lot of, lot of local music coming out of the Dayton area. Yep, Absolutely. she's super great. Uh, both Libby and Art have both turned me on to quite a few... Uh, bands coming out of the Dayton area, so my thanks to them. Little shout out to uh, to their shows and whatnot. But we need to play this final song. Uh, final track on the album makes good choices. Just released in August of this year. To me, it's the perfect closing track for the album. It's the perfect closing song for the show. We the end s- with it most nights. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. It's either that or honest. And which is the end of side one on the record and the end of side two. So depending on which tuning we're in, it alternates between the two as the closers. Well, there you go. The song is Lisbon Falls. The band is the 1984 draft. And you're listening to it on the Cat Club Podcast. Oh, no. 
Lisbon Falls by the 1984 draft with cathedral-like lush harmonies. Oh, yeah. That that track. I mean, it was it was the perfect closing track for not only the show but also for your album. Makes good choices. Tell us about Lisbon Falls. So Lisbon Falls is actually a weird little town in Maine, about 45 minutes north of Portland. Um, it's where Stephen King grew up. So a lot of the settings from some of his books are actually from this little town. Now, none of that relates to the song. I go there every summer. My um, sister-in-law and her husband live in Lisbon Falls. And the song was basically, you know, about just sitting back and taking it all in. Um, resetting, you know, recharging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so as a closer to the album, it's like, you know, as you go through the arc of the album, you needed that moment to just kind of sit and just kind of reflect on everything and I so I think that you know when you think of the theme of that song and you think of it as an album closer you know that's really what we're trying to get at there well it's I mean it's a sonic wall of sound that like like in the in the review that I wrote of the album that song it sounds like it would it would just fit perfectly filling every nook and cranny of a cathedral mm -hmm. you know all the all the vaulted ceilings and Echoing off of different walls and whatnot. Um, if anyone has a cathedral and wants us to come play <laughs> that song in there, we would be more than happy to do so. Does Does the town of Lisbon Falls have a cathedral? You know, I don't. They I don't think so. Have. They've got like it's teeny little town. They gotta um, have at least one. And I don't know how we get there, but if you're in Maine, <laughs> you want directions to Lisbon Falls. This is what they'll tell you. It's over there. Yes. Exactly. But you can't get there from here. <laughs> because Pepperidge Farm remembers. That's right. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I have no idea why I threw the Pepperidge Farm thing in there. I really don't. Um, but my thanks to Joe Andurl and Justin Satinover of the band, the 1984 draft out of Dayton, Ohio. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Appreciate you having us. Thanks for having us, and thanks for all you do for local and regional music here in Columbus and abroad. We do appreciate it. Well, we, uh, we try and do our little part. The album is called Makes Good Choices. Their first full length. Also check out their other stuff. Bo Jackson up the middle and Heisman Trophy winner. Both EPs. Next week on the show, we have Doug Sauer and Kalachi. See ya! Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail.